Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Tammy Fishbein. And the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit going on in the news... Brought to you by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about... Trump's Axios interview. A Vanity Fair piece on Jared Kushner and coronavirus testing. And politically charged obituaries. What a world. Let's get into it. (laughs) Horrible. I know. I was like, well, we're at the stage where people's obituaries are going viral, so... Right. It's it's devastating. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mainly we're talking about testing um, today and just the completely failed um, coronavirus response, which is, it's macabre, yeah, as they uh, say. I'll, I'll say that my, my current experience is that, so I traveled to see my family in Texas, and then when I came back, they had you fill out, like, on the plane, you had to fill out a form, like, when you go abroad, basically, <laughs> I like, I was like, it felt like I was declaring my customs thing, but I was like, oh, this is actually a significantly less fun thing. Then, I mean, I quarantined for 14 days after I got back. I, but I didn't, so my self quarantine or whatever ended on Monday. I got a text from the state of New York on Sunday that, first of all, the texts all came in out of order. It was a text and a phone call, and they were like, we just found out that you traveled. You need to quarantine for 14 days after you travel. And I was like, that was 14 days ago. If I was not a responsible person who knows what's up, I like, you are are 13 days late on sending me this message. You know what's even crazier? This is the most organized state. I know. I know. We're in the most organized state that actually like was able to turn its numbers around. Um, and yeah. that is the status here. Also, it does, it takes quite a long time to get a test to get test results here. Well, that's, um, that's the other thing I was going to say is that I just got tested and I went to a facility where I previously gotten tested at city MD and I got the test back in like four days, but I waited like three hours in line outside. It was like, a ho- it was horrible. <laughs> And so I went to this new facility, got in and out really quick. It was really nice, but I'm not going to get my test results back for 14 days. Yeah, it's crazy. So speaking of the failed testing regime, there was a pretty wild Vanity Fair article that I was reading before we recorded. Truly a dystopian description of what is going on um, right now with our country's response to the coronavirus. Like, I don't know how this is not actually considered some form of like manslaughter. The yeah. intentionality and neglect with which this response has been carried out. Yeah, I mean, 
maybe in the future it will be yeah. <laughs> like when we when this so, gets written about later it probably will be but this article if you have not read this article in vanity fair i would really suggest that you take a look at it because it's a doozy yeah i'll i'll summarize it right now but um you i do recommend reading it just because it is it's a gut punch yeah. so basically they published an article describing jared kushner and how he was originally trying to come up with a testing plan um in early, in like late March, early April, basically he was like, what's happening? Again, a bunch of his friends, like one of his Harvard roommates, like people, but how, however he was WhatsApping these friends, like it did seem as though they were coming up with a reasonable plan that like made sense possibly. Yes, it was like full of nepotism and like, you know, sketchy contracts, but like it did seem like they actually had like, a procedure in place that they were going to use for testing. Yes. Okay. Then it seems that, okay, so they thought it was going to be announced in April. Then it gets mysteriously dropped by the White House. The words used are poof with into thin air. Mm -hmm. um, despite, okay, so they have this test. It disappears. As this, as it disappears around the same time that Trump is like, going on about how we, he doesn't want the testing because the testing makes the numbers worse, which is a line that he's still repeating to this day and we'll get into in our second story about his Axios interview, <sighs> uh, which is wild. Another um, he clearly <laughs> still thinks this way, that testing is bad. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. medical experts are saying that like the only way that we can um, get this under control is by testing and that because we are so behind, our testing is so lackluster and lackluster is not the right word for it. It is a failure. People take 10 days to get results more than that. Like we don't have the supplies to do it. They wait in line while they're sick. Like it's a disaster. And basically health health experts. Once one person in this article said that we are about to lose sight of the beast. This comes at the same time as Deborah Burks, who is like, not known for being the most truthful person in this scenario. Meanwhile, she's saying that the, the spread has entered a new phase in terms of how dire it is. Mm -hmm. And then whatever, Trump comes after her on Twitter, even, you know, of course, like she just ruined her whole career for him and poof, in a tweet, it's gone. And like, it's just, okay, so that's the description of like what's going on. And medical experts say that a plan would have been able to solve this problem. Um, but basically, yeah. because they relegated it to the states, the states don't have the resources um, to, to take care of it. Um, yeah. they, there's also a part where they say that because they thought it would mostly be confined to the blue states, as they say, that they were just going to like let the, blame it on those governors. Yeah, so basically, I mean, the gist of the article is that Jared Kushner and his Harvard buddies were working on a federal response, which is what should have happened. Uh, and it just kind of got mysteriously scrapped in favor of this weird piecemeal state-by-state -state thing that we're doing that we all know is not working because people travel. People go places. A virus does not know what states are. A virus does not care about red states or blue states or rural or urban or whatever. It's a virus. It doesn't know that. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, but here's the thing. They didn't just scrap the plan in favor of like a new plan that is bad. They scrapped the, the plan in favor of no plan, which then it then became the governor's responsibilities to come up with the plan. Which is how we got our daily Cuomo press conferences, which were very nice at the beginning of this. I'm mad at Cuomo right now, but I would take the press conferences back. I wish we still had them. Yeah, it was nice to have someone communicating facts to us on a daily basis um, that we felt like we could trust. It was a foreign feeling that we hadn't had in almost four years. Yeah, it was It was like, oh, oh uh, someone from the government is giving me correct factual information with no agenda other than providing me the information. Interesting. <laughs> I'm just suspicious. Like, it just like shouldn't be like that far of a concept that like your government cares about you because right now what it is is that uh, the federal government is saying we don't give a fuck about you because we're just going to keep pretending like this doesn't exist. We're not going to try to test you more. Damn if it's not contained. And then they're going to open schools in the fall during flu season. So well, they already, they've already started opening schools. There was a middle school in Indiana that opened, and on the first day of school, someone tested positive for COVID, and they had to quarantine a bunch of people and like sent all the parents an email and were like, sorry, we're figuring out who came in contact with this student. And it's like everyone came in contact with the student. Yeah. It's like it's how on school. like the first day of baseball, the whole team is infected. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I just don't know how many times that scenario is going to play out before people are like, okay, yeah, we actually can't open up because every single time on the first day, someone tests positive for COVID. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Yesterday, Axios released footage of a truly insane interview with President Trump. They, they have a show called Axios on HBO. So this came out on HBO in which Trump talks about, I mean, he really runs the gamut of saying uh, different, various different things. But in the most viral clip that I've seen going around from this interview, uh, he talks about testing and we're going to play that for you right now. Well, look at South Korea, for example, 51 million population, 300 deaths. 
It's like, it's you, crazy you compared to other countries. I do. It's you on the, don't know it's that. You think they're faking their statistics? Uh, South Korea? I, I won't get into country? that because they have a very good relationship yeah. with the country. But you don't know that. And they have spikes. Look, here's Germany, one. Germany, low, 9,000. Here's one right here, United States. You take anyway. the number of cases. Okay. Now look, we're last, meaning we're first. Last? I don't know we what we're first in. Is well, take a look. Okay. Again, it's cases. Just, okay. Um, and we have cases. Because I mean, a thousand Americans are dying a day, but I understand. I understand on cases, it's different. No, but you're not reporting it correctly, Jonathan. I think I am, but. Uh, so there's a lot that's going on there, but the one thing I do want to point out for people who are just listening is that uh, a really important thing to know is that Donald Trump brought with him to this interview just a bunch of loose graphs that he has printed out and sort of like loose documents. There's no folder. He doesn't even have a clip. They're just <laughs> random pieces of paper. And, they, uh, and you can see on them, it's just, it's literally just a bar graph with like, it doesn't say anything. It's like, like there are no numbers on the axes absolutely not absolutely <laughs> not yeah it's it is oh my god it's like they gave it to like their senile grandfather no offense to senile grandfathers as like a, a toy like he's always he's paper. shuffling them around he's it's, like as soon as uh the the interviewer asks him a serious question he just starts shuffling the papers and he's trying to hand him random documents. We, we, remember when he was like, we're better than the world. We're better than the world. What does that mean? It's, I mean, it's just very obvious that Trump's handlers told him exactly one fact. And they were like, we're going to hand you a stack of papers that have pretty colors on them. You, here's your fact. And just say that. And then as soon as this interviewer tries to actually talk about the math or the science or anything that's going on behind the fact that Trump is trying to spew, you literally see it break his brain. He, yeah. Here's what the staffers were, try were clearly trying to get him the talking point. They were trying to get him to, to convey that out of the case, our cases, our death rate has been lower than other countries or has improved. That's not like his doing. That's because doctors have figured out how to treat it because they've treated so many fucking patients. Like it's not because he did anything. That's what that whole argument about the population was. So that's clearly what his staffers were trying to get him to convey. He looks like a fucking moron complete idiot. in the words of rex tillerson <laughs> while tbt in the wow. words while doing it it that was just oh my gosh i feel grief watching between reading the jared article the, the vanity fair article and watching that interview like i feel grief about what is happening to our country like yeah. i feel so horrible that the people in charge of it are so irresponsible so selfish so corrupt so incapable and and not even incapable malicious yes and, and i i really agree i grieve for us that this and is who is we are under their thumb yes and that malice is really the thing that you know the most alarming thing to me from the jared article is that one of the people one of the sources that vanity fair talked to said that thing about them scrapping you know 
scrapping the plan because at the beginning in particular, it would have mostly helped blue states. And it's like all of us had in the back of our mind that that was probably something that they would do. But to actually see it spelled out and to have someone who's close to the inner working say, yeah, that actually is what happened. It just, it goes back to what you were saying. Like there's, it's not even just incompetence. It's also malice. Yeah. Um, so Trump, I, I mean, Trump talked about a number of things in this interview. That's sort of the most viral clip. But uh, the president spent almost three minutes talking about his Tulsa rally and how successful it was, even though... You mean the Tulsa rally that killed Herman Cain? Yes, that literally killed one Republican, of his supporters. Republican candidate in less than 10 years ago. Yeah. And, and the Republicans, um, the Republicans are the ones responsible for this because they see that they see that this is going to keep going until they're just so fucked that there's nothing that they can do. Yeah. And like all the polling that's coming out is saying that even, you know, even Republicans, Republican voters think that we should have a better national coronavirus response. At this point, 75% of Americans say that there should be a national mask mandate. 25% 25% of Americans are dumb and rude. <laughs> that's that's just normal. Um, this might be actually a good time for me to share a theory with you now that we're talking about Republicans mm-hmm. who are so in the hole for him that yes. it's just unclear how it's even possible anymore because they're ultimately responsible. They're the ones who have the power to remove him and refuse to. Okay. So like also coupled with Deborah Burks's statement about how uh, this is a new phase of it. And then the fact that we are about to lose sight of the virus via testing. Yes. Okay. My prediction is that coronavirus is possibly about to get so bad that it touches so many people individually that Republicans in the Senate can no longer like basically like they, they, they might not be able to stand for it anymore because of how it's going to hurt them politically, whatever it is. But so my prediction is basically that there is a small chance that some sort of deal could, because this gets so bad, some sort of deal could be brokered where Donald Trump would escape liability if he resigned. And I, I, I don't like want to give up, like get up people's hopes because you know, I'm like number one who thinks he's like eternal dictator, mm-hmm. but there is a small chance. And I'm basing this off of like reading all of his like biographies and how he got out of all of his past problems and how he continuously failed up, which was that he would essentially fuck up a situation, usually financially in this case, people's lives so badly that the people who would be responsible for holding him accountable were too fucked I feel like I've cursed so much on this episode. I'm sorry. I'm just so mad. The people who were (laughs) responsible for holding him accountable ended up so screwed by him that they had to basically bail him out every time and then kind of like keep him safe so that he could like the problem could be fixed. In my, in, in this situation, I feel like the thing that keeps them safe is like having Mike Pence take over or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could see them being like Nikki Haley. Oh, take her. Yeah. She's coming. <laughs> we're like, what? Yeah, we're okay. like, no. Yeah, you can't. She's not on the ballot. Okay. <laughs> um, although they are going to do that like convention thing. I don't know. I think there is a small chance that like if Corona gets so bad that Republicans can no longer survive this politically and that they know this, that there is a chance that they could maybe make some sort of deal that he would be like protected if he 
like left and they would make up some excuse or something. Oh, that is very interesting. I mean, I, I do, I like what you're saying about him is correct. Like he finds his way to like weasel out of responsibility. That's how he's literally, that's how he's gotten to where he is his whole life. He fucks up so badly that the, that the people who he's screwing over literally need to protect him so that they can, for their own survival. Yes. And we should never forget that this man does not want to be president, does not like being president, and that every single day that he has to do the duties of his office is literal hell for him. So, <laughs> like, yeah. like, I always think of Donald Trump as, like, the guy who, like, he made a wish on the monkey's paw to be the most famous man in the world. Yes. And he got his wish, but it's hell for him and everyone. He's the most famous man in the world, but also everyone hates him. And he's the, he's like the new Hitler. So, like, Elise, I'm fairly certain that that is something that you said in episodes in 2017. Yes. Like that we've always said that, that like it was, he's just a disaster of his own making. Yes. Um, and he, all he wanted to do was to get the glory and have the rallies. And like, he didn't realize that like being president wasn't rallies. It was like knowing shit (laughs) and like i mean obviously i wish that coronavirus was not happening but the sort of karmic retribution of actually you went through four years of being president that you hated so that you could get to run again and do your rallies which you love and now you don't get to do them because you're so incompetent that there is a virus ravaging the entire country Personally, I wish there wasn't a virus ravaging the entire country, but the karma of that I do enjoy. He's so, he is so incompetent that he can't even put on, he can't even like do his own rallies. He's taken them away from him. I mean, the rest of us are literally trapped in here, but he's also trapped somewhat, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all he had going for him was his, his quote unquote, good economy he can't, he can't fix that. He's too incompetent to fix the economy. So now it's tanking because he has no ability to get Congress together, to bring both sides together, to get bills passed, to get anything done. So it's like, yeah, I mean, he's the epitome of shooting yourself in the foot, all of that stuff. So it's very interesting. Uh, just really quickly, a couple other things that he touched on in his weird interview, which I do... If you can stomach watching him watch it, I can't watch him for that long at this point. Like, I just really can't. I don't. I don't watch any. I can't. I, I literally can't. can't. Um, but the president, uh, he additionally claimed that he never saw any intelligence briefings about the Russian bounties on American soldiers, which, I mean, do we believe that? I don't. He also claimed that he never met and doesn't know... <laughs> John John Lewis uh, and then when he was asked about John Lewis he was like what do you the, the interviewer was like what do you think of John Lewis the first thing he says is he didn't come to my inauguration and then he said he couldn't say either way whether or not John Lewis's life was impressive he's like I don't know I think a lot of people are impressive I don't well know. if it makes John Lewis feel better my favorite clip, and I've mentioned this before, my favorite clip of Trump is when he was asked what he his relationship with God is, and he said, look at my golf course. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I don't think John Lewis is bothered 
by Donald Trump's <laughs> statements at all. I think that John Lewis's legacy is just fine without the president yeah. being able to say one way or another whether or not he's impressive. Perhaps better. Yeah. Oh, and then he also wished Ghislaine Maxwell well again. And he's like, yeah, I wish her well. I wish a lot of people well. I wish died in well. jail. I don't know why he died. I don't know how he died. Maybe he was killed. Donald Trump was literally saying Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself in this Axios interview. He did. He said, um, so when asked about the Ghislaine Maxwell thing, he's like, he tried to like garner sympathy for her where he's like, her boyfriend was killed or maybe committed suicide in prison. And I'm like, even you know, you know, you know. It's your justice department. Who well, because you're, her? he's part of the, uh, the little, the, yeah. the justice league of people from, of powerful people from all sides of the aisle who met in the, in the dead of night in a bunker. And we're like, okay, we need to put down our weapons and come together to get Jeffrey Epstein out of the picture. So, I mean, that was just insane. That was. That was like... He can't even just say, like, what... He can't even just... He can lie about everything except lies that would help him. Like, just say you think John Lewis is impressive, dude. Just say, like, yeah, I don't... I don't like Ghislaine Maxwell. She's not my friend. It's just so funny that he can only lie about things that harm him and he can't ever tell lies that are would actually be helpful. That is a good point, actually. <laughs> I would love for perhaps, you know, like Mary Trump could get into. Yeah, I would love She's to see really why. really that, Mary. Why? <laughs> hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes – Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. And um, rounding out our COVID coverage for today, I have an incredibly sad story. Um, As corona cases continue to rise across the country, more people are literally using obituaries to call out what is going on in our government. Uh, Most notably, an obituary out of Texas has been going viral. Uh, A man named David Nagy. Nagy, I'm actually not sure. Either way, he's a 79-year-old man who lives in Jefferson, Texas. He passed away due to the virus in late July. And his wife, 
wrote an obituary in which she specifically blames and calls out Trump and Texas Governor Greg Abbott for their inaction. She also calls out selfish people who refused to wear masks. Um, So in the obituary itself, uh, his wife writes, family members believe David's death was needless. They blame his death and the deaths of all other innocent people on Trump, Abbott, and all the politicians who did not take this pandemic seriously and were more concerned with their popularity and votes than lives. And then at the end of the obituary, she turns to the people who refuse to wear masks, saying, David did everything that he was supposed to do, but you did not. May karma come for you all. Hear, hear. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is this is the kind of like thing, this is the kind of like signal that makes me feel like my the prediction that kind of led to my prediction is that like people are mad like they're touched by it they're mad they're not going to stand for it and like at some point the people who enable this are going to have to stop because they're going to be too personally threatened and reminder this is in texas which the the closer we get to the election the more texas is in play georgia is in play georgia is in play texas is in play because of these republican governors and the president whose response has been so horrible. Texas has more than 400,000 cases right now and 7,000 people have died. So, you know, we're looking at that 90 days out from what is going to be a really close election in some of these traditionally red states. Well, I mean, my mother said that if anything happens to her to sue the shit out of these people. I'm wondering if that is going to become a thing. I mean, you people, there was like asbestos stuff for 9-11. People, there were settlements for that. Um, right? It's, I feel like there are How is this going not be... like a crime against humanity? Like not, like I'm not, how is it not? Tell me how it's not. I just, I feel like it is, but we're just, we're in such dire straits right now that no one can even like, like, we can't get a legal case together right now. Like, all of that stuff, it's going to be, like, Nuremberg Later. trial type shit where afterward, when we, fingers crossed, get a new president and a responsible administration, then I feel like we can start pursuing uh, different avenues of trying to figure out, you know, what the hell happened here and trying to pursue, you know, the people who made this worse. There was another obituary in North Carolina uh, that ended with, in lieu of flowers, think of Mrs. Thomas while casting your vote to remove President Trump from office. That's in North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I I really hope that this, I would love to know if these people were liberals before. Well, yeah. I well in the in the Texas one, she was because she uh, talks she talks a little bit about how she's like, you know, my husband didn't support President Trump, but he used to always like get mad at me for getting on my soapbox and all this stuff. But I couldn't not. He was. She was like, but I know he would be proud of me for saying this. Fair, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really it's really sad that this is where we are. Um, yeah, there it is gruesome like yeah. there is nothing at this point that's i i don't even know what to say i feel yeah. speechless 
And every single one, like when we look at these rising death numbers, you know, 175,000 plus people dead, like that's a person for every single one of those tallies. That's a person, that's a family, that's an obituary, that's people who are grieving who did not need to be. Yeah, this is not going to like, this is going to be with us for a long time. Like there's going to be results of this. Like if anyone, anyone who thought, oh, we'll be done by Memorial Day, like, no, it's, we're opening up by Easter. No, we're now going to be suffering like five, five years of consequences to this. Well, yeah. And this, the psychological and emotional toll of everyone having to go through this, like, I'm interested to see the art that comes out of this. I mean, other than folklore, I feel like folklore was kind of the first like COVID art moment. Like this was, it was like, oh, we've got this quarantine album. Um, But I think we're going to start seeing like, I'm just wanting, I'm interested to see how what we've gone through as a nation and as a world starts to get reflected in television, in movies, and all that stuff, in books that come back. I'm kind of, here, I'll make my prediction that has nothing to do with politics. But okay. I, I predict a sci-fi or fantasy series with heavy COVID themes that will come out of this. Because I think that people would not want to read just a book about someone going through COVID. But I think an allegorical story that deals with some of the like the isolation, fear of the virus, all of that stuff, I think we could see something like that come out of this. Well, I think there could be a lot of perspectives. Like I think there's a lot of stories that people experience. Like let's say people who were like living together broke up. Like I think there's like a lot of like intimate emotional stories mm-hmm. that came out of it. Yeah, no, of course. I, I totally agree with you. I've, I've been thinking a lot about that lately, that like people are maybe more creative. I don't know. Taylor yeah, Swift. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Taylor Swift isn't doing great. And um, on an unrelated note, the Dixie Chicks, aka the Chicks album Gaslighter is incredible. And I had not been a Dixie Chicks or Chicks person before, but I am now. Should we pivot to some uh some weather related news to to end the pod today the scary weather report cue the lightning or thunder sorry you can't hear lightning (laughs) (laughs) uh okay uh tropical storm okay i've been practicing this isayas that's what i've heard on the news sounds like an evil I try to make sure that when I come into this podcast, I am prepared to say whatever names come up. I think that that is a way to be respectful. Isayas has confused. I've been having, I've been struggling well, with tropical Isayas, storm Isayas. Isayas is not a person, so. Exactly. I feel okay. And also Isayas is rude and has Very. not, and has not earned my respect. No. So. <laughs> Uh, Tropical Storm Isayas was upgraded to a hurricane as it started making landfall on the East Coast yesterday. It made landfall in North Carolina as a hurricane. I think maybe it's a tropical storm again. It's caused floods, widespread power outages, property damage, and evacuations. Um, I mean, this is obviously 
hurricane season is always bad and concerning for the people who live in the path of hurricanes, but obviously in a pandemic, there's extra concern. Uh, well, there were also tornadoes in Jersey, so uh, yes. Yeah, great. Uh, and what comes along with hurricane season, what comes along with mass, you know, weather events, ecological disasters, homelessness is often a byproduct of hurricane season and coupled with the widespread evictions that are happening across the country, uh, we're looking at potentially a mass of uh, unhoused people who don't have anywhere to go. And homeless shelters are not well equipped for social distancing, obviously. Uh, and they're operating under a reduced capacity in many areas to because the people who work there need to social distance. So just another uh, looming disaster. Devastating. On the horizon. I know New York is having major issues with our housing situation here. And as I look out my window, uh, there is pouring. truly a pouring torrential storm. So it's like, what? I don't understand how complicated it is that the government would care about the people who elected it. Well, like uh, they don't give a shit about anyone. Sorry, I keep cursing. I'm yeah. It's okay. They really don't though. No, they don't. And I mean, maybe that's a byproduct of electing a reality television personality. But this is also a culmination of like collective problems that are all like kind of coming home to roost. Well, yeah. And I I saw a tweet from um, John Favreau from Pod Save America basically saying that like, you know, people who it's also really difficult for people to even get the aid that we have in place. And that is part of a decades long strategy by Republicans that Democrats have helped to make any public service or aid that we give out extremely difficult to use, to bog it down in bureaucracy, to make it so that, you know, you can't, you can't apply online. You have to have forms that most people wouldn't have. It's confusing for the people. The people who need it most probably um, maybe don't speak English as well. Maybe have not been uh, educated at the same level as other people because our school districts are not equal. So now you're like giving them forms that are full of legalese that are impossible to fill out and just trying to make the aid as inaccessible as possible to the people who need it most. Like a homeless person who needs help. Sorry, I'm trying to use unhoused more because I've been a person hearing, without a home. A person without a home who does not have somewhere to live, who is basically in survival mode, cannot go and print out all these documents and work through all this legalese and get all of the paperwork and all of the things that you need to put together to get aid 99.9% of the time. Not to mention that many people suffer from many people who are in these circumstances are suffering from mental illnesses, another thing that our government doesn't care to address whatsoever, <sighs> which is manifested by the fact that we have a very clearly mentally ill man ruling over us. <laughs> Who needs help and isn't getting it. Seriously needs help. All right. On that until delightful the, note. <laughs> until uh, the return of democracy. If ever. I'm Sammy Fishbine. And I'm Elise Morales. 
And this has been the Betches Sup Podcast. Oh, boy. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.